after these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of After These Messages. This is the podcast where we talk about commercials. We talk about the good ones and the bad ones and the ones where people say weird shit like this. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. My name is Andrew Walsh. I'm here with Genevieve Haz. Hey, Vives. Hi, Andrew. So we're doing something a little bit different on today's show. And you pointed out before the show that that means we're doing two different shows in a row, which raises a question, what is different? Right. Mean anymore. Yeah, it's a it's an existential conundrum. I know. I'm not going to get bogged down in that right now, but I'm tempted to. Instead, I will tell everybody what we are doing today on the show that's so different. We usually talk about TV commercials. Instead today, and I've been warning people that I'm going to do this for a long time now, today is finally the day. I am just going to play for you a bunch of commercials that I hear all the time on sports radio. As you probably know, I listen to sports radio all the time. Doesn't mean I know shit about sports just as dumb as ever in that category but i do listen to it all the time especially one station here in town 710 espn and because of that i hear the same commercials over and over and over again and i find myself talking to the radio unfortunately a lot of those ads that really stand out to me that i'm always talking to i recorded about four hours of radio today and last night and i couldn't get the specific ones i was thinking of it really goes to show you You listen to a bunch of sports radio or or any commercial radio and you think they're only playing the same two commercials over and over. But when I broke it down, I dug through, as I say, hours of audio listening to each commercial break. There's a lot more diversity in there than you think. It's just the ones that stand out that you think you're hearing over and over again. Yeah, I'm sure there's some some brain scientists could tell us like why we're having that misperception, like what that fallacy is. Yeah, which actually makes an argument for the commercials that annoy you the most actually stick in your brain the most, if that makes sense. There's these commercials I've been complaining about on the show for a while. We'll get to it. But they were the ones I wanted to lead with today. But we can't because four hours of audio and I couldn't find it. I would have sworn to you yesterday that I hear those commercials once every break. But there's all these other commercials that when you're breaking it down and you're just looking at it in your editing machine, you're like... I don't even think I've heard this one before. There's a lot more commercials in rotation. It's just that some don't stand out, and some do, and we think we hate them, but they're actually sticking in our brain. It's like the doors of perception, It's like man. the doors of perception, man. What is different if everything is different? <laughs> All right, so anyway, uh, getting ahead of myself a little bit there, we are going to break down a lot of these radio commercials I hear on sports radio. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Also, of course, the ad council. Anything uh, really popping in the ad council segment? Um, we got some nice feedback on some previous shows and, um, and one special gift from a, from a special listener. Ooh, I'm excited about that. All right, well, let's do this. Let's, uh, get our radio on. One, two, three, four, five, six. Speaking of getting that AM sound, by the way, some of these were recorded literally from my tiny little transistor radios. A lot of it was recorded through just streaming on my computer, streaming on my phone. Uh, but some of them actually were recorded from the radio, and they are annoying that because you, you can hear that AM. Like when you're just listening to the AM radio, you don't notice the slight undercurrent of 
whatever bad transmission or static or just yeah but you're also not listening sound. to it in contrast with a better type of audio right. which you will be here so i think most of these are decent recordings but some of them you're going to hear just kind of get that muddied sound of an am well, radio we use shit audio in this show all the time <laughs> that's right it's kind of our calling card <laughs> mostly what i say um all right, I want to start with a segment called Don't Force That Cliche. This is a, a butchered version of what you were talking about the other day, Don't Make That Rap Video, and we were doing Don't Make That Rap Video commercial edition. Well, this is Don't Force That Sports Cliche because one of the things that drives me crazy when I listen to these commercials is they're selling, I don't know, dental services or house paint or anything, and they just try so hard to connect it to the sport you're listening to or mm-hmm. sports in general. Almost all of these, because it's baseball season, are going to be baseball cliches. The very and first one... And baseball is rich with metaphor and terminology and cliche. Yes, which would make you think they'd be able to be better at finding clever ways of doing it. Like, so many of these are just like, hit a home run with yeah. your paint. Hit Get a, a home run with your colonoscopy. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So I put together. Oh God, please don't. I put together a little bit of a montage here of these uh, forced sports cliches. The first one, like I said, is football related. The rest of baseball. No man on earth loves a good montage the way you do. I know it's true. Don't get sacked by a plumbing, heating, or electrical problem. Call Beacon Plumbing and they'll take care of you. It's the goal of every baseball team to be the very best. Being the best has been the goal of Lee Johnson Chevrolet for eighty-four years. Every day, the spine care teams at Evergreen Health score breakthroughs for patients suffering no, from back don't. pain. If your financial advisor is no longer knocking them out of the park, send them to the showers <laughs> and make your own investment decisions. Hit a home run on your next paint or stain project and get a great value by seeing the pros at Miller Paint. At Les Schwab Tires, we think the amazing sponsorship deals and contracts shouldn't just go to professional baseball players. So we're proud to sponsor every driver this season. Hit a home run with your friends and family. Take them on a train. Take them on a train. That one I've played for you before. That's on TV and radio. Every time I hear that, I'm like, what? I'm like, I make the Scooby-Doo sound. <laughs> Hit a home run with your friends and family. Take them on a train. <laughs> we use that as shit like this. Yeah, we yeah. have. And I probably I probably will again someday. I'm going to play one cliche. It's not really a cliche, but it's kind of like this mangled sports analogy thing. I actually really like this one. Let me see if I can find it here. We're all baseball at Heritage Distilling Company. Because when you get to the bottom of the fifth, it's time to open another bottle of BSB, brown sugar bourbon, or BSB 103, Heritage Distilling. Now, I saw your eyes go wide. Is it that production technique of going to the telephone sound, or is it the actual content that you were... It is how much bourbon are you drinking during a single baseball? I mean, I agree, baseball games are long. But how long, how much bourbon are you drinking that you need to open another bottle during the fifth inning. Yeah, the fifth inning is just halfway through there. Yeah. A little bit off there, but... Um, Someone's over-serving. But don't you like that one, though? I think that's clever. It's, like, better than, like... If, if your colonoscopy doctor isn't isn't hitting it out of the park, send them back to the showers. <laughs> the showers. Like, shut up, Riz. Isn't this one good, though? When you get to the bottom of yeah. a fifth, it's time to open up another? No, it's better... 
it's better written than a lot of them. It doesn't rely on the same really hackneyed cliches. I was hoping that there would be just an endless series of them, of advertisers going, hit a home run, hit a home run, hit a home run. Well, again, I, there are a lot more out there. This I was a little bit of a slave to the uh, the hours that I happened to grab and record. Um, by the way, you might re- recognize brown sugar bourbon. Of course, that's the B S B. Yeah, we've got a, we've got a little about. coda to that in our ad council, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Nice Ford promo. Let's talk jingles, Veeves. A huge part of commercial. Is that a is that radio. a contradiction in term? Talking jingles. Because you have to sing them. I know. I'm trying to think. Uh, talking about music is like dancing about architecture right. or talking <laughs> about jingles. Um, talk about mangled. <laughs> I just mangled that. Uh, huge part of commercial radio commercials are the jingles. And spending most of my career and just listening in the land of public radio, when I first moved over to commercial radio as a listener... Not that I moved. When I first started dabbling in commercial radio as a listener, these things drove me crazy. I thought they were awful. I feel like I have a real appreciation for them now. Hearing the same ones over and over and over again, and I think doing this podcast with you and thinking about commercials and what's sticky and what's not, Yeah, you get yourself a good jingle, man. You are stuck in people's head. For better or for worse. And they may hate you and revile you and make fun of you (laughs) and get drunk and sing you. But that's, you did it. You did it, buddy. I was, uh, you know, we're in the market for a new car. And I was at, I was talking with some folks at Uh work. And I mentioned that we were looking at Volkswagens. I said, you know, I might go to um, University Volkswagen. (gasps) And instantly. You were talking to me. Yeah, well, I was. But I'm saying that also someone at work said. Oh, really? Just instantly, without thinking. This person in like a group of three or four people just kind of said, University, University Volkswagen. Volkswagen. And uh, yeah, th- that's where it ends. Sorry, I wasn't sure if there was another line there. Yeah, I never made that connection either. I wouldn't even tell you that I'd heard a bunch of VW ads until you mentioned to me that you had to take your car back into University Volkswagen and it automatically... Uh, played in my head. I don't have that one, oddly enough. The ones that I did capture, uh, the one I played at the top of the show. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Now, they have made that jingle ubiquitous on all media. Yes. Uh, and, and I, I like and it. And I, I like it, and I also think that they do, just off topic a little bit, or on topic, really, I think they do a nice job with their campaign about the, the weird cases that they have... Uh, honored or paid out insurance claims on but but that's for another well, show no that's for this show it was actually for a different part of this show but we'll come back to jingles because while you bring that up i have these commercials under my mixed feelings headline on my show sheet uh-huh. which is a weird way of describing what we want to talk about it's a here. little circuitous but okay yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I really feel out of my mind today i don't know why i've just been listening to a lot of commercials just That's like okay. i've just been I cutting tape for a long time i think when you're slappy i'm funny <laughs> um but let's talk about these farmers insurance commercials because the ones you're describing are the TV versions, right? And can right. you actually go into a little bit more detail about like what you're talking about? Sure. They have these. I think they're very clever. Uh, they have the J.K. Simmons character who uh, is this. The he has been their pitch man now for several years, I believe. He is telling the story, and he's usually doing this from some sort of like museum of insurance claims. Yeah, I think he's supposed to be like a I think he his official character's name is something like Professor oh, State Farm. He's or educating right? these insurance yeah. agents. And and he'll usually 
pick a story. And I think that the one that, that comes to mind, uh, that's, that's, uh, I guess maybe the most famous one or one that just stuck in my mind is apparently a bunch of deer got into somebody's pool and really messed things up. But the way they depict this deer pool party is the deer are having like an actual pool party and the person comes out and there's all these frozen statues of deer. You know, they freeze when the lights come on. And it's called a stag party. And they call it a stag party. And so here's the radio version of this. And like, I want to like these more. I don't know if they don't translate well to radio. I can't really remember anymore how I feel about the A lot TV of the jokes, ones. I feel like a lot of what's successful about the jokes that they do on the television commercials are the visuals. I think they execute the visuals really well. Okay, well, close your eyes for a moment. Don't worry, I won't try to kiss you this time. Just close <laughs> your eyes for a moment and listen to this radio version and tell me if you think this works. I'm here at the year's hottest stag pool party. Put your antlers up! Where? Some poor guy's backyard. These stags are bringing down the house. Seriously, deer are ripping holes in the pool cover. They're trampling patio furniture. And all the damage was covered thanks to Farmers Insurance. Stag Pool Party, October 27th, 2014. Talk to a farmer's agent. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. In University Place, your farmer's agent is Colleen Casey. In Tacoma, see Preston Schmidley. We're going to talk about the end of that in a second, but how did you think that whole narrative worked? I don't think it works as well because you have to be pretty literal to make clear what you're describing. The The visuals work really well as a joke in the television commercial because you can infer from that that it was that it's a, a fictionalized or, or a sort of lyrical version of what really happened. To do that with words, you have to adopt these like, you know, like the sort of like sports announcer sound that doesn't, to me, feels out of place there. I think it's just sort of, I think it can be done. And I think I've even heard some radio versions, some radio examples of that campaign that I like better than that. Um, but I agree. I just think it's a harder needle to thread because the visuals are important. Especially that one. And I think I want to talk more about this later, but I think a lot of these radio campaigns are, um, kind of dependent on the idea that we've already seen the TV version I agree. of them. I was going to ask you if you thought they would even try this campaign on the radio if the, if the um, TV campaign didn't exist. Here's a narrative, uh, same format, Farmer's Insurance, that I actually think works a little bit better, but I still have mixed feelings about these uh, writ large. Josh's legendary fishing story started with a morning like any other. He reached the dock and jumped from his truck. He was headed to a remote cove on the far shore. He'd mapped it all out and forgot to put on his truck's parking brake. But the sunken truck was covered, thanks to Farmer's Insurance. Not so amphibious vehicle. July 11th, 2015. Talk to a farmer's agent. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We are farmers. In Kent, your farmer's agent is Gustavo Unges. In Shoreline, see Matthew Wyatt. I think that narrative works a lot better. It's still corny with the sound effects and stuff, but it I feel like the quote unquote stag party version adds a layer of the joke. It's now not only is it hard to describe what's going on, but by calling it a stag party, you're trying to make this joke about it. On TV it works. In this one, they're not making any puns. It's just like dude went to go fishing and his car rolled in the lake. Yeah, it's really straightforward. They're just telling you about a thing that happened to a, a Homer vehicle that Maybe it was unusual, but that they did cover. The TV versions work so well because they, they it's often like animals getting into your stuff and they give the animals, they sort of anthropomorphize them and give them personalities. So 
it's funnier because it's more fictionalized, but that fictionalization really doesn't work in audio. Yeah, there's one on you the radio. I mean, maybe they should have the, the deer tell the story or something. In the radio version? Right. Like somehow- I think that would be complicated. That gets to something that you got it on radio. You got to make it simple and you got to make your narrator right. very straightforward. That gets into some of my issues with some of these other ones where they have a narrator that's unreliable, but you don't realize they're unreliable till the end. Like, how do you make it clear that a deer is talking to you? I guess there's a way to do it. Um, there's one in this. Now, now that- I feel like the ad doctors don't. I won't, I won't. The uh, doctor's like taking that as a challenge to like write this commercial so the deer's telling the <laughs> yeah, story. I would, I, I would like to hear that. Hey, listeners, can somebody <laughs> write? I actually think that'd be fun yeah. because writing radio commercials is a pretty straightforward thing. I had to do it for a class I was in in college. I was literally in radio class. That's a thing. Um, and we had to write and record our own radio commercials. Um, and you can, it, it's fun to play around with that yeah. stuff a little bit. Remember but when we had, we made, uh, we had Libby Dankman on as a guest and we oh, gave yeah. her three pretty crazy um, products and on the fly had her do radio ads because she has experience doing that from her, her work. And boy, did she deliver. Yeah, next time she's in town, we got to get her to do that again. Um, Okay, one other thing I want to talk about, the farmer's insurance commercials. That's why I say I have mixed feelings about it, because eh, the narrative thing I don't think works that well, sometimes better than others. But I do love the jingle. I think that's brilliant. Um, And you know what else I really like that I thought was kind of provincial at first is the tag on the end of these things where it says, if you're in Redmond's, if you're in Redmond, your uh, insurance agent is Genevieve has. If you're, and they always list two of them at the end, mm-hmm. and I just find that really uh, well charming, sort of. Uh, it's and, also very practical and just very practical. But it, it links these national commercials to the local audience in a way that is very obvious. They're not even trying to be clever about it, but there's something about it that I really like. And these are the only commercials that seem to kind of do that. Um, So let's go back to some more jingles here. Uh, Genevieve, what's my favorite jingle these days? I don't know. Sing it with me. Oh, it's a, the the Lee Lee Johnson Johnson family. Lee Johnson auto family. The LJ way. Lee Johnson auto family. I don't know what makes a good jingle and what doesn't, but I'll tell you, I love that one. Like I go around singing it and I'm not, I'm, I'm not mad at myself for singing it. Mm-hmm. I'm, by the way, I'm not going to play a cars for kids commercial. Everybody knows those. I don't have yeah. to play them. I also happen to not catch any. How does, they must just go through phases where certain commercials are in heavy rotation. Yeah. So I couldn't believe I mean, I'm I sure couldn't. they do ad buys for yeah. an X number of months and maybe it has to do with when seasonally people get rid of cars. I don't know. By the way, if you want to um, buy some advertising on After These Messages, just there email at us. There is literally no way to do that. Really? What do you mean? Well, if, so, if somebody wanted to give us money to read uh, a copy to advertise their uh, business, I would absolutely do that. You would do it? Are you kidding me? Of course. We'd give them some good rates, too. <laughs> you can reach hundreds upon <laughs> hundreds of people. I almost said tens, but that's a joke from another show. Yeah. All right, so Farmers I Love, Lee Johnson Lee I Love. Johnson, How do you feel about the O'Reilly one? O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. That one? Yeah, let's take a listen. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. 
I love that. Ow! At the end of it. That's what really <laughs> makes it. Oh, oh, O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Do you know what's funny? If you oh. had asked me without saying O'Reilly, if you had said, hey, sing me an auto parts store jingle, I would have just stared blankly at you. Because you don't associate that with an actual going to an auto parts store. I couldn't store. get past O'Reilly because I couldn't remember what the name, mm-hmm. what the next word was or product category was. So it's weird. Yes, it it's clearly in my head. Like, I, we didn't prep for this. Like, you just asked me that cold. And I remember the O'Reilly part. And but the rest of it was just a blank. I'm going to skip ahead here. Um, we'll come back to jingles in a second. But I have that feeling with this commercial. I, I wanted to play this for you because I just feel like it gets under my skin. I don't like it, but I don't think I have a good reason to. I think it's kind of bad writing. Um, take a listen to it. And I'll, I'll tell you what I'm talking about here in a second. Why does Exxon and Mobil's new Synergy gasoline have seven ingredients? Is it because seven is a lucky number or because there's seven wonders of the world? Or because one time I ate seven cheesesteaks. No, it's because seven is the precise number of ingredients engineered by a team of really, really smart scientists that helps you get better gas mileage. Mystery solved. Exxon and Mobil. Energy lives here. Fuel economy claims are compared with gasoline meeting minimum government standards. Results will vary. Visit exxon.com or mobile.com for details. I've heard that commercial a lot. I've never liked it because I, I didn't like the... Um, whatever he mentions, the Philly steak sandwiches mm-hmm. or whatever in that. And I just think that those those three examples you give don't make sense. And why are you suddenly making this about yourself while right. you're breaking that fourth wall? In this case, it doesn't work. But I honestly thought it was a commercial. If you had asked me yesterday, I would have said that was a commercial for steak sandwiches. <laughs> That's all I remembered about it. And the fact that he uses, he uses the word ingredients yeah. when talking about gas. I had no idea until today when I actually cut this and had to label it that this is for Exxon. Why does Exxon and Mobil's new Synergy gasoline have seven ingredients? Is it because seven is a lucky number? Or because there's seven wonders of the world? Or because one time I ate seven cheesesteaks? No, it's because seven is the precise number of ingredients engineered by a team of really, really... I just th- hate it. This feels to me like an ad that was created this way. They're taking a meeting with the Exxon Mobil executives or whomever, the clients... And they're having the conversation like, what's what's your key message to your audience? What's the selling point? And they, you know, they're, you know, it's toasted or whatever. Um, and that's what, and I've had clients and, and various people that I've worked with over the years who've had similar sort of, I've had similar conversations with in which the client is saying, our differentiator is that um, we have red balloons and blue balloons and you're saying to the client well I, I don't know if anyone cares that you have red balloons and blue balloons like you care you apparently mm-hmm. like feel like that this is the thing that differentiates you or that um you know you you've spent a lot of time developing but i'm not sure that the audience that your your prospective customers care but they will not have it any other way And so you write a commercial or you write a marketing plan or whatever it is, that is the story we're going to tell is, you know, company X has red balloons and blue balloons and they're the only ones that do. And isn't that great? And it's really great because, um, and you're just, you know, and, and so, but ultimately like, 
no, with with some exceptions, it's hard to make marketing do all the work for a product that's either bad or not special. Or for a specific point that the client feels is so important. Right. I'm going to see if I can tell this story without giving them away, although it'll be pretty obvious. Luke and I on TBTL record a lot of uh, spots, um, and we had a client recently whom uh, I liked the product. I used it a lot. I was a big proponent of it. And I think because of that, Luke and I had really good spots about it. As a matter of fact, at the end of this campaign, we got back really nice uh, messages from them, including an email somebody forwarded that said, we want these guys to be our new spokespeople, which, by the way, I'll do that. <laughs> so please, I hope you keep uh, keep that in mind, client. Hopefully they don't um, listen. Hopefully they don't listen to ATM. Right, exactly. And that's why I'm trying to. I think you could figure this out. But there was one technical part of this copy, and it was like they have they send you copy, and there's stuff that they encourage you to read, and there's stuff that you have to read. Right. And there was something listed under "have to read," and it was about this what I consider to be kind of Byzantine, very technical point of this. Luke and I are riffing on it. We're talking about how much we love it. We're, I think we're making messages that really connect with people who might be in the situation we're in and might want to use this product. So we skipped it like one time and I purposely didn't send it to um, the salesperson. I only sent it to the person who schedules the ads thinking I can get get buy on this one. And sure as shit, that thing was kicked back to us. And I thought it was just by our bosses, for lack of a better word, the sales team trying to make sure that they were uh, doing the clients good. But I think it actually got kicked back by the client because as much as these clients liked us and they thought our ads were good and we were making these emotional appeals and all that stuff, they were just fucking stuck on this one technical line. So every single ad was just like, I'm talking normally to Luke the way I normally would. And Luke's talking normally to me. And then it's kind of like, and I am a robot and I need to say this thing about this complicated piece of infrastructure. It's like, what the hell, dudes? Ultimately, it's the client's money. So so you do do what they want. But that ExxonMobil ad totally fails for me. And it's because who gives a rat's? about how many ingredients are in your gasoline like well how do you sell gasoline though people just buy the cheapest well then be the cheapest i guess well (laughs) but i mean here's the thing it's true people do buy the cheapest but then i got a car that was like not a nice car but like a nicer car than i than i had had before and i did sort of think twice about stopping at like I would still get the low, like the cheapest unleaded, but I would maybe not go to like the Arco or whatever. Like I might go to, I might go to Exxon because it's a kind of a name brand gas Mm. because they might tell me our gas is cleaner and it will keep your engine running longer. Now, but just that, don't get into all the don't get into the seven ingredients. I don't care. And maybe they did say that, but I don't really remember that. All I remember is the the story about the seven ingredients. Okay, let's go back to jingles. I love this one, but make it practical for me is always my answer. This is or or break my heart, but it's really hard to break your heart with gas. This is for state roofing and. This is a long jingle that comes at the end of their long ads. Looking back, I think this ad is like a minute long because the last 12 seconds is this. They finish the whole ad and they fade up into this. Stage roofing. We're at 866. That I mean, that gets stuck in my head, and I kind of like it, but man, they're really letting that breathe, aren't they? 
they're buying a long spot. Like some spots are just 15 seconds and that is 12 seconds right there. Wow. Let me see. Do I actually have? Yeah, actually, I have the full thing here. We should just talk about this now. This one is a minute long. I'm actually dying to hear your take on it. Can I just play this for you? Sure. Thanks for calling State Roofing. I just want to interrupt here for one second. I am, even though, how are there no Tom Shane commercials in here? I don't know. That goes to show you how these things go into rotation before Mother's Day and during like proposal season. I'll tell you when you can always hear Tom Tom Shane, Shane. where you can always hear Tom Shane, which is on the top 40 stations that I listen to because I know women listen to those. Really? Well, you always hear them on sports. I told you about the time on TBTL, I was complaining about the Tom Shane Diamond (laughs) commercials. And I told Luke, I'm like, look, it's bottom of the hour live on the show. I said, it's bottom of the hour. They're probably in a commercial break. We turned on streaming Cairo Radio or 710 ESPN, which these are all from, and it was the second commercial we heard. We didn't have to wait more than 20 seconds to get to a Tom Shane commercial, yet I've been recording for you know the past two days and didn't catch any. They just must kind of get in and out of rotation. Well, they do, but I also do think that you you listen. We listen to very different radio, commercial radio. I listen to mostly music commercial radio, um, almost exclusively Top 40, and... Uh, that was my fidget spinner. <laughs> you're it's clearly working. Uh, you're fidgeting. Um, I, like I listen to Top Forty Radio, and they they'll always come up with the the customer character will always be a woman, right? Um, but oh my god, if you think those are annoying when he's talking to men, it's like the Match dot com guy on steroids for when he's talking oh, yeah. to women. No, I, mean, it's I feel like, like he just he talks you down to everybody. Idiot. <laughs> You're paying so much for these designer rings. They're not even unique. He hates trends. He hates trends. Don't jump on those trends. Those trends. Although I do kind of like the trope of like radio is a somewhat limited medium compared to TV, obviously. So one of the tropes people often go to is let's pretend we're talking on the phone. And it's super corny, but I do... I'm kind of a sucker for it. Tom Shane does it, and so does State Roofing. I can't wait for you to hear this. Thanks for calling State Roofing. Hey, want to hear a roofing joke? Is this Chip? Chip Hanauer? Sure is. Okay, Chip, go ahead with your joke. But I should warn you, I've probably heard them all. Okay, but have you heard the joke about the roof? Well, never mind. It's probably over your head. Get it? Over your head? Yeah, that's clever. But I've heard it. Wow, you're really on top of things. Heard it. That's okay. No, you're probably above it all. Heard it. Well, sounds like you've got things pretty well nailed down. Okay, Chip, what can I help you with? I need to get an estimate on a roof for my cabin. We can help you with that. Hey, you really are on top of things. You already said that. So I'm looking at the clock there. Um, the first 45 seconds of that is him just sticking around telling jokes. Mm-hmm. I think 14 seconds of actually talking about the product and the last 12 seconds is just the jingle again. Is Chip Hanno or someone I should know? Is he like a sports That's guy? That's the other wonderful thing about this. This one, she actually says his full name. In other ones, they only identify him as Chip. I looked it up. I didn't know who he was. Chip Hanauer is a Seattle guy. 
He was born in 1954, and he's the third most successful unlimited hydroplane racer in history. So hydroplaning is kind of, I mean, I wouldn't say it's a big deal in Seattle, but if it's a big deal anywhere, Seattle is one of those places. We have this thing, um, what is it, the the summer festival here? How am I blanking um, on it? Uh well, we're dingbats, but um, hydroplane racing is a big part of it. The Blue right. Angels is a big part of it. It's embarrassing we can't think of it. It's a huge thing in Seattle, and that's the only place I've ever heard of hydroplaning before. But I like the fact that, like, first of all, they're just like relying on the fact that we all know who Seafair. Seafair. We're all relying on the, By fact the way, that I we know who Chip. I want to tell you what my Google search for that was. What summer sea days, Seattle. <laughs> But it was the first. It was the. First I wish result. they would just call it Seattle Sea Days. Um, <laughs> so anyway, I, I just think that whole commercial is comical, but not in the way they want it to be. I'm a little bit of a sucker for dad jokes, but I mean it's so corny, and they just use they like a minute, a, a minute long spot is some real you know real yeah. estate. I found it obnoxious mm-hmm. because I felt I think as a woman. You know, you know, I, you know, I don't necessarily love to start every sentence with as a woman, but I did have this sort of reflexive uh, sense of sympathy for, and I know that they're both acting, by the way, like I know we <laughs> right, didn't right, really right. call her up to but make for the characters, jokes, though. but for the characters, you know, I've been the person on the other end of the phone. Uh, even to this day, I will have to occasionally have a conversation with some old man who wants to talk your ear off mm-hmm. and make a bunch of lame jokes, sometimes bordering on offensive, although in no way was that bordering on offensive. Right. Um, but there's just a quality to that, like, young lady, you have to sit here and listen mm-hmm. to my blathering um, because you are in a customer service role that gives me, that just puts my hackles up. I know, I'm not a woman, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Or the older man at the office that everybody's waiting to retire and he's just making these jokes and it is somewhere and I'm not thinking of anybody in particular. It's just a type. It's and it's somewhere between paternal, but also sometimes too flirty at the same time. Even and you see this it's just presumptuous and presumptuous. And yeah. I, I specifically and entitled and, you know, I, I've seen people do that. People I love do that. Like I, I'm not trying to put them on blast, but my dad growing up, it, we were especially when I'm like 12 or 13, I'm starting to like kind of like be self-aware as far as these things are concerned. And you're at like some restaurant and, um, and again, my dad always means well, but he's, he's a jokester. And I also love dad jokes, but I would sit there uncomfortably probably cause I was just embarrassed for myself while he's making too much conversation with the waitress right. or, or, an, and I think about that a lot. And again, I'm not putting my dad on blast. I don't think he's ever inappropriate or tries to be, but it is this kind of instinctive thing. Some of us tend to do and i think that if i don't think about it i would tend to do it too like um and it's just dorky but like in in line at the uh grocery store the grocery store we go to we have very chatty um male and female checkout people and they're very friendly and stuff and i i like to reciprocate but i also try not to slip into dad joke yeah mode. no i i think you have a good read on when somebody wants to engage in a jokey conversation and when they are feeling put upon mm-hmm. by your desire to just kind of talk at them. And like, I think what I, what, what bothered me about this was even in this ad where it's scripted and they have every opportunity to make it seem like a, a, a an enjoyable interaction, they scripted or she, she portrays it as being 
annoyed and put upon by this person who's wasting her time. And then finally... You think that she portrays? I think she sounds very, like, kind of... I actually don't think she sounds that annoyed. To me, she sounded annoyed, but I may be projecting. You've already said that one, like when she says it at the end. Yeah, and just each each time, like, she sounds, like, bored until he says, I need a new roof, and she's like, that we can help you with. Right, yeah, that's a good point. Huh, I didn't think about that. And again, they have, this is scripted. They have every opportunity to make it sound however they want, and I just wonder if, like, to a male ear... Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't sound as annoyed as it does to a female ear. Back to jingles here. I'm trying to think about the best way to do this one. Let me do it this way. This is a company that has two types of commercials. One is you have the radio host. One of the radio hosts actually do a live read. That's what we were asking our friend uh, Libby to do a while back, where they have some copy and they say, hey, I'm Andrew Walsh here. Uh, just wanted to uh, give you a... Quick shout out to our uh, to uh, Renters Warehouse, right? And mm-hmm. this is what they'll do for you, and then it'll end with a jingle. Um, well, Renters Warehouse also has ads that run on the same station that are simply a jingle, nothing more, no explanation of the product at all, um, and they're fifteen seconds long. So those are the two ad buys for this particular brand: one minute, <clears throat> pardon me, one minute with copy and a jingle, and then an occasional just fifteen uh, second jingle just dropped anywhere. I want you to hear the 15-second jingle with no context, and tell me if you think you know what they do. Find out how much your home will rent for. Renters Warehouse. Renters Warehouse. Find out how much your home will rent for. Renters Warehouse. RentersWarehouse.com. I guess that's a little bit more obvious than I remember. Yeah, I, I have a great idea of what they do. <laughs> I think they will help me find out how much my home will rent for. Yes. I actually... It's funny. I've never heard that because I don't listen to sports radio. I love that. You love the jingle. I love the jingle. I mean, it's obnoxious in its way, but Mm -hmm. like to your point, you know, it's not necessarily how much you love something uh, sonically. It's like how effective is it? But actually it kind of like, I, it doesn't bother me. I mean, maybe if I heard maybe on the 100th hearing, it will not sound so great to me, but I kind of liked it. And I, it's so funny that you asked me like, do you think you'll be able to tell what this is for? <laughs> I like, were you trolling me? Because <laughs> like, they literally tell you exactly what they I will guess do. I, mis- I guess I misremembered it slightly, but it is more than just like, we're going to assess your house. It's a full on, like, we will be your landlord for you, I'm sure you, there's basically. more to it than that single thing, but they have, unlike ExxonMobil, really keyed in on the thing people care about. Let me just play. How much will my home rent for? That's what I right. want to know. I'm going to play for you the full minute long version, which is a, a live read from... Um, I want to say this is Danny O'Neill. He's one of the the hosts on uh, 710 ESPN. I think this is one of those ads that I recorded directly off the radio, so sorry, you're going to have to put up some static here. Rent Estate by Renters Warehouse is the new real estate for all, providing a steady stream of income and retirement security by renting out your house. But no one wants to manage your property full-time. 3 a.m. toilet tragedies, middle-of-the-meeting texts, stressful weekends with maintenance and repairs. Hi, it's Danny O'Neill, and if your time is worth more than the hassles of landlording, call Renters Warehouse today to rescue you from the workload and maximize profits. For one low, flat monthly fee, Renters Warehouse will take all the calls, collect the rent, schedule service pros, and ensure the renters play by the rules. You get back to your life, and more importantly, build your real estate portfolio. Plus, Renters Warehouse offers free tenant warranties, so if a renter doesn't work out, Renters Warehouse replaces them for free. Enjoy Rent Estate with Renters Warehouse by going online today for a free home rental price analysis, or call your local Rent Estate Advisor, 206 866 9000. Find out how much your home 
Um, so it, I think of that as a, I think about that commercial a lot, or it catches my attention when it's on the air because you and I still own a house uh, all the way on the other side of the country. We're renting it to a family member right now, actually your sister who listens to the show. So we don't have to really worry about that. We lucked out, but our friends two doors down own uh, or owned a house as well, and they were renting it out to strangers. Yeah, and so they had to have on the ground rental companies. They tried um, it without that for a while, and yeah. it was a disaster. And it was a disaster. So when I think of these commercials, I think of them as oh yeah, these are the like kind of on the spot landlords who are taking care of. They're all property the managers. Property managers. That's the word I'm looking for. Whereas the jingle just makes you think that you're going to assess your property, sort of. I guess so. But let me tell you what, like, 70% of what someone who is thinking about renting out their home cares about. Yeah. How much will my home rent for? They just want to know. I mean, people want to know what the bottom line is. And I think, yes, it's it's great to know. It's great to hear Danny's read and, like, all of the services they provide. But I think they're very smart to key in on the thing people care about, which is dollar dollar bills. Yeah. All right. I'm just gonna play one more jingle here. This I I don't know how long it's been around. It seems new to me, so I don't have a strong opinion on it yet. I'm I think it's okay. Might have too much of a cheesy modern vibe to it. Um, but the reason I want to play it is because a year from now. I might be singing its praises, and that's the way jingles work, yeah. right? This is for Hyundai of Everett. For me, it's how all music works. We got it. Hyundai of Everett. You gotta come see us. We get it. We get it. You gotta come see us. I wonder, by the way, you notice how a voice drops into the middle and says Hyundai of Everett? I wonder if Hyundais all across the country are using this, and they're just adding, like, the location. Probably. It's pretty jarring. Just take another listen. We get it. We it's like young and rocking. Other than the Hyundai of Everett, which I agree is probably a drop-in. How is this for Hyundai? This could be for literally, literally any product or service. We well, get it. We get it. You got to come see us. Well, now I wonder. Let's. I actually don't remember what's in this whole commercial. I wonder if that. We get it. At- we get it. Joe's colonoscopy services. Come see us. <laughs> well, I wonder if this commercial might have something to do with, let's go back and listen to it. You know, it could be, you go to a lot of other dealerships and they just don't get you and they want to push you into a car that but you don't want. But that's true of almost any product or service. Like you want them to get whatever. It, I mean, it's so nonspecific. Yes, but I'm playing this out of context. Okay. They're not running six second ads. What I'm saying is, is if this is a tag to a commercial and it calls back, now it oh, might okay. not. So let's take a listen. If you're in the market for a new car, well, Hyundai of Everett has got it. It's Bob Stelnier for Hyundai of Everett and they've got the cars. More than 300 Hyundais in stock. You will find the one for you. Plus, they've got the right price and it keeps getting better with the Hyundai Better Than Ever sales event. At Hyundai of Everett, the 2000 2017 Tucson SE is under $18,000 and they make it Seems easy. pretty generic. It's 60 so second far. pre-approval and trade in value at HyundaiOfEverett.com. They've got your back. America's best warranty. That's a 10 year, 100,000 mile powertrain warranty and the Hyundai Assurance. So what more do you need? They get it and they've got it. You got to go see them at 7800 Evergreen Way or HyundaiOfEverett.com. On third listen, I noticed you bobbing your head a little bit. It was responding to the copy at the very end. Yeah, so that makes a little bit more sense. And I could see this being part of a campaign where they even more emphasize, you know, you are, you know, that's a typical car thing. Those other dealers, they don't care about you, but we do. We do. All right. We're not monsters. We're the only ones who aren't. The biggest disappointment of this this show for me, pardon me. Uh, is that I couldn't get 
audio of the Safeco insurance commercials. You've been talking about this is this is the impetus for the whole show. I know. I almost just put off this whole show until I got those ads and I couldn't. And these are the ads I've talked about a lot on this show where you just hear this woman's voice and she's a cranky old lady, but she's the first voice you hear. So you don't realize at first that she's kind of an unreliable narrator, as I said before. And she's kind of like, my neighbor's got an SUV. I call it the pack mule. They're always coming and going and trying to get into adventures. And I don't even understand like what she's really complaining about, but it just doesn't, it just doesn't seem worth it to her. And then the, the, Cell is that she just safe- she just suffers from anhedonia. What is that? The inability to feel joy. Is that also one of Prince's girlfriends? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, uh, and there's a a, a a motorcycle version and an SUV version, and both of them are kind of like Safeco will cover your SUV and Safeco will cover motorcycle insurance. Now it never made a lot of sense to me. But poking around today, I wanted to see if there was at least some audio I could find online, and I stumbled on the TV versions of these. I had forgotten that there were TV versions of these until I saw the male actor. This this character is named Edna, and she was a character in the TV commercials. Going back to my point that some of these radio commercials are dependent on the idea that you know the TV commercial as well, where mm-hmm. maybe a, it's like Flo can come on the radio right now, and I don't think twice about it, but if you have no idea who yeah, Flo is. Yeah, I mean, Flo's is, family, though. I wish. So I'm going to play for you this one um, called, let's see, is this, yes, this is the TV version of her complaining about the motorcycle son. The copy is different here, but it's pretty close. And you're going to see the visual of Edna sitting at a diner with her husband. And you're going to recognize this guy. I'll pause it. Uh, tell me who it is, because he's from something. That son of yours, the daredevil, he's, he's always cheers. on that motorcycle. Oh, like- Okay, the husband who never talks, he's the... Um, he's Paul from Cheers. He was okay. also in Office Space. I oh, think he, right. He's was he one of too. the Bobs yes. in Office Space? Yeah. Yes. So in this case, instead of talking to us directly, which I think is one of the problems with the radio commercials, she's talking to this silent husband. Of course, that doesn't work in radio if you never hear the guy. That son of yours, the daredevil, he's always on that motorcycle like some kind of juvenile delinquent. When is he going to grow up? He says, I know, Ma, it's too much fun. Well, I have been on that motorcycle. It is not fun. Some people want more out of life, and we ensure the things that make more possible. Safeco Insurance. It works so much better as a visual. Yes, I still don't. I don't love any trope where it's like the naggy wife and, yeah. the, and the quietly suffering husband. Um, but it does make more sense why this would stick with you. But the thing is, I haven't seen these TV commercials. I've never seen that. You've never seen it? No. See, that one rang a bell to me. I'd seen it before. But I'm pretty sure these commercials are long off the air. Certainly, I haven't seen them in years. But the t- but the radio versions persist. Here's another one. There isn't a radio equivalent of this one. But Edna and her long-suffering silent husband are in uh, twin beds in their bedroom. And Edna is upset because those crazy young neighbors across the street are It's next not because they are um, abstinent. It's because uh, they have a weird kink. They <laughs> The only way he can get off. Yeah. Um, so their they're young, like, 20-something neighbors next door are having a, a fire pit outside. Oh, you smell that? They're trying to burn their house down again around that fire pit. They're like a bunch of cowboys. Maybe you should call the police. 
Then he gets, get up and get the hose. Ooh, they're just lucky our program is coming on. Some people want more out of it. I still just think this, like, I'm just associating your product, in this case, your service, with um, just, just unpleasant people. Unpleasant people. This is a little bit off topic, but do you remember a campaign that Seattle Metro Transit was yes, doing I do. for a few years? I don't I haven't seen it since we came back to Seattle, but before we left mm-hmm. and and you know me, this would actually be a great one. I should hang on to it for the show we want to do about products that you love or mm-hmm. with commercials that you hate. So I'll just say that they had a a sort of spokes character that was so unlikable and so uh unrelatable to the kind of person they should be trying to woo to their product. But let's save that for the next one. Even if I can find it here, don't play it. Yeah. Let's just, okay. Cause I think of those, I think of those all the time. These two commercials, I get them confused. It's a cranky old lady and it's unclear why you would choose a cranky old lady to sell your service. Um, okay. So that's the closest I can get for the Safeco commercials. Um, there's this Comcast one. I've talked about this one before. I'm just glad I can actually play it for you guys so you can hear exactly what I'm talking about. When you're a sports writer like me, you know, speed always wins. And now they're side to side coming around the final turn. Because old news isn't news at all, especially when the 24-hour news cycle is now more like 24 seconds. What? What? You don't even... (laughs) I've already gone on the rant, right? I don't have to... I don't have to right. continue it here. That's yeah. not what the 24-hour news cycle right. means. I think you've covered it. Um, Go but back yes. several episodes to hear it. But it also just irks me so much that he's supposed to be... A writer. A writer. A jur- he works in journalism, but he thinks that the 24-hour news cycle means that... I don't even know what he thinks it means in that case, that you have 24 hours to get your story out, but now you only have 24 seconds to get your story out. That's not what it means, man. Get a new job. Yeah. He goes on and makes a bunch of other bad analogies in this, but I, I don't have to. Um, I don't have to play the whole thing. Here's one for Red Key. To run a faster mile, you use a stopwatch. To improve your dog's behavior, you use a trainer. Shit. How do you improve your financial skills? Use the Red Key. KeyBank helps you master your financial skills, giving you a way to track your financial wellness. That doesn't make sense. I feel like there's just, it's three false analogies that are close, but it just seems, I don't know, lazy or just off by a bit. To improve your speed, use a stopwatch. Really, you could say like maybe to improve your speed, you use better tennis shoes or something because the stopwatch is, it's only measuring you. It's not actually making you faster. It seems like you could just easily come up with a better one. And then to improve your dog's behavior, you hire somebody else. Like they should all be tools or something. It yeah. just is so wrong. It gets under my, gets under my skin. Yeah, it lacks parallel structure. I mean, the, the writers uh, of radio ads, I think are, you know, it's not it's not the people who necessarily are the at the top of their craft. Yeah, which is kind of a shame um, because, as you point out, early, as you pointed out earlier, radio ads are not necessarily cheap buys, particularly for big sporting events and mm-hmm. things like that. I mean, it's cheaper than television, obviously, but it's it's not nothing. And we've seen such an uptick in the ad writing game. I think for television commercials, mm-hmm. and there's some prestige to it. Radio commercials seem to still be at this kind of low-level, low-status type of work. And I think that 
the products that we hear are are indicative of that. I would love, I mean, you said earlier, it's hard to tell a story through a radio commercial because you're limited by the fact that it's audio only. But I will quote Ira Glass and say, radio is your most visual medium. Why is that not true mm-hmm. for ads? Why are there not great radio ads? And there are, I'm sure, exceptions to the rule, but they really are exceptions. I feel exactly the same way. You can do so much with these um but you're not seeing a lot of it. I do think part of it is simplicity works. Sure. A six-second jingle is probably one of the most effective things, and it's really annoying. And people hate Cars for Kids commercials. But If I you ever know, need to donate your car. If you have a car that yeah. you think you won't be able to sell, I know the first thing you're going to think of. Absolutely. So I think that's the really the, pull, the, the push and pull, especially with radio, with everything, with all advertising, but especially with radio. It's like the most annoying stuff actually works. So yeah, it's not a, by that they're not this bit. American life. They're not trying to tell you a story that will that you'll tell to your neighbor the next right. day you just need to hear it a bunch of times mm-hmm. and probably yell at your radio sometimes what you think of it um one i don't have it here because apparently none of the ads that i really think about all the time i couldn't capture but like there's a, something called pre-core home fitness which is you know obvious right it's like you get workout equipment for your home and it's these ads happen to be read by brock heward of the brock and salk show former uh, uw quarterback and um had a big name around town. Anyway, um, he always began them with a question. And I always hate, and you know, he doesn't write them. He's just reading what he's given. But I, I think that like starting a commercial or anything or a speech or anything with a question, with a rhetorical question is really annoying. And so I'd always find myself thinking of clever answers to him. He'd be like, I can't remember what the question was, but I always tried to, I'm just by myself in, in the car stuck in traffic and I'm just like, no, why don't you tell me? Or I think I have an idea. Is it pre-core home fitness? You know? And I just got so you mad. You ever at wonder it. why you can't get those six pack abs? <laughs> yeah. Like that. And, and, but you know what I can remember? The fact that it's called pre-core home fitness. I've never seen a pre-core home fitness machine in my life. Right. But it, it, I thought those ads were annoying, but because they made me interact with it. Yeah. That's a great point. I'm going to play another one here that gets under my skin. I'm going to see if you can guess why this one gets under my skin. I don't think it's the fault of the commercial. That's my, that's my one hint. We all have our mountains. The challenge is to push us further. At Coors Light, our mountain is brewing the world's most refreshing beer. That's why all of our breweries cold lager to give Coors Light its signature crisp taste. It's why we cold filter to ensure brilliance and clarity. And it's why we package cold to seal in Coors Light's refreshing flavor. Because we believe every climb deserves a refreshing finish. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Great beer, great responsibility. I'll say this about that. Um, I knew that I wanted to play that today, even before I happened to catch it in the recording. And I, I wrote down a note that I want the Coors commercial. So I think that's brilliant as far as just brand connection. I know the Coors is the beer with the mountains on it. And so I remember that I wanted that a Coors ad. Mm-hmm. So good on them for that. Do you know why that commercial gets under my skin a little bit? No, it, it didn't stand out to me. Is it the, is it any of the sound effects? No, it is the very fact that I don't think I have a mountain and I can't tell if that's me or if it's a bad ad campaign. Oh, they I think really drill down on that. Like in, in, like there's quick live reads. There's, I don't know, like little moments in the game where they say, you know, everybody has their mountain. What's your mountain? Like, what is your mountain, Veeves? Here, here's a definition of what a mountain is again. We all have our mountains. The challenge is to push us further. What's your mountain? Well, 
I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm not, I'm not training for the Olympics or something. But he says we all have our mountains. But we all, I mean, I, you don't have any goals. I don't you have, don't have that, any dreams. I have dreams of where I want to be in life. I don't have anything That's that is mountain, my mountain then. that pushes me further. We all have our mountains. The challenge is the pushes further. Do I have a challenge that pushes me further? I don't know. It sounds like a personal problem. I mean, <laughs> yeah, like I have challenges at work to to accomplish things that I that I want to do or do something better. I mean, I don't know that they. Again, it's not like something I can just. That's not like something I have on an inspirational poster in my room of like I'm gonna run a marathon in four hours. But like I have objectives and and I understand intrinsically or intuitively what it means like okay here's my mountain I'm I'm going to see a personal trainer and I'm really working oh, yeah, hard you and, actually do have one and I'm actually working really hard to like get down to you know a particular body fat percentage and it's all very embarrassing but you know like I'm I'm working really hard at this and it god it's hard so like yeah I guess it's embarrassing to admit but right now that's one of my mountains well let me ask you this I'm sorry you don't have any mountains. What are my dreams? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I have some more. I need to skip to the end here because I realized I thought we were, I honestly thought, oh no, I don't have like, not that I thought we don't have enough, but I'm like, oh, I'm going to zip through this in like 20 minutes. Yeah, we've been going for a while. But, uh, well, honestly, I'm so glad that you had, this sounds condescending, but for real, I kind of put all these together. I'm the one who listens to this stupid station all the time. So I wasn't sure if, you know, you would have a lot to weigh in on. So I'm really oh, interested. I'm really interested to hear everything you had to say about these. I I have this. So I had some kind of loose um, umbrellas. I was putting these under, right? Like mm-hmm. jingles. Don't force that cliche. The ones that get under my skin, the ones I have mixed feelings about. And then I have one last category and only one commercial in here. And that category is, I think I like you, you crazy bastard. I often hear that Seattle is not a bagel town, and if you want a good bagel, you have to go to New York. Those same bagel lovers say you can't make a real bagel without New York water. Hi, I'm Dennis, head bagel at Blazing Bagels, and I say to those bagel lovers and New Yorkers, it's not the water, get over it. Our customers tell us we have the world's best bagels, and I certainly won't argue with them. For the world's best bagels, come visit Blazing Bagels in Soto, downtown Bellevue, or Redmond. It's cheaper than flying to New York. Go Mariners and go eat a bagel. Okay. There is a lot of shit I like about yeah. this. Number one, starting off with the dude, man. I know. Just saying like right off the bat. that Fuck just like, off, New Yorkers. A, I mean, it's almost like saying a lot of people say my apples are poisonous, <laughs> but they're not. It just kind of, Okay, so that's an exaggeration. Well, I love that. It, I think it really capitalizes on something that is true in Seattle. It's truer in L.A., but it's true all over the West Coast, which is East Coast, West Coast beefy, mm-hmm. yeah. and and a resentment on the of by West Coasters for East Coasters. Yes, and it is true when we live. I never lived in New York, but I do feel like the main coffee shop, even in small town Concord, New Hampshire, was a bagel place. Like bagels were much more ubiquitous there. Here in Seattle, you just have a couple of chains here and there: Noah's Bagels and something else. Um, I also like the fact that when he introduces himself, we've got Altana now. They're, what is that? They're like the oh the fancy. They're kind of right? fancies, yeah. Um, I like that he calls himself Head Bagel <laughs> <laughs> when he is trying to identify himself. He refers himself as as Head Bagel or Chief Bagel. I can't recall. And what I especially love is is the end. It gets stuck in my head like an earworm, like a song. I will be going around the house muttering, "Go Mariners." 
and go eat a bagel. Like, I love it so much. Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words they're saying. Only the echoes of my mind. All right, this is where we check in with the folks who sent us emails, V-mails, and all those good things. What do we got, Vives? Well, our first piece of feedback is from listener Carolyn. Um, do you remember a few weeks ago, probably more than a few now, we talked about uh, a Volvo commercial that was kind of confusing. It was a story about a family going to a wedding. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we really puzzled over it. And we that, looked, was like a, that was at least a year ago. Yeah, it was a while ago. And and we we really weren't sure what the story was or what the relationship between these people was. And we looked at several different... Uh, I think, versions of the commercial. And maybe I think there were sort of several in the series that kind of told the story. But I still think I stand by our original reaction to it, which was it it just kind of didn't make a lot of intuitive sense. Not intuitive sense, because we saw the cut down one. Somebody sent us the long version, which was either a minute or possibly even two. And I think it answered all of our questions about the inner family relationships. But it was very the, the, the cut down version. If you didn't have the context for it, made no sense. Yeah. And it was sort of an emotional commercial, but again, I think an emotional punch that was muted because of this sort of confusingness mm-hmm. of it. So this is a commercial uh, for a Volkswagen Atlas, which is a new kind of like, I guess, SUV crossover type of vehicle. Hmm. Uh, and Carolyn writes, as someone who cries regularly during commercials, I think this Volkswagen was a far more effective tearjerker than the silly Volvo ad. While Volvo does a great job of making me cry, it still forces you to go online or otherwise seek out the full story. Mm-hmm. Um Volkswagen, on the other hand, manages to stuff in all of the uh, story and all of the tears. And how much do we wish uh, this was our grandma? So once you play this ad, it may take a little bit of narration, but essentially you're hearing um, an old woman's voice at the beginning. And then you're seeing her and her family go on a road trip in their Volkswagen Atlas to the sounds of the song America by uh, Simon and Garfunkel. So she's in the car with like, she's in her the car grandchildren with them, and children. Which is a little confusing. When, it's a little confusing why she's in the car when you hear how this story opens. But um, just trust me that they're all in the car together. It's her, 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 yeah, their daughter and, or son, and all of her grandkids. There's like three or four grandkids. And they're all packed in this car together. And they go to all these beautiful landmarks all over America. You know, the... Um, the Southwest with the great rock formations, the rain for or the you know the redwood forest, like also just sort of like little small places that don't seem grand or memorable, but like they have like these nice little moments on bagel shops on the East Coast. I'm sure, right? Exactly. So it's you know again we're mostly just you're just going to hear a little bit of chit chat with the family and the sounds of America. Why don't you go ahead and give it a play? My dear family, from the day I arrived, I wanted to see this great country. My last wish is for you to do it for me as a family. We're all going to make the best of it. Love, Grandpa. Let us be lovers when So she's reading a letter from the grandfather who I assume has passed. Right. I've got some real estate here in my bag. So I looked at the scenery. She read her magazine and How did you meet Grandma? Actually, on a blind date. <laughs> I remember it like it was yesterday. 
It's a real tearjerker. Yeah. This is good. I wish he was on the trip with us. Sitting right between the boys in the back of the car. <laughs> Seems like a dream to me now. Counting the cars on and it's, it's just beautiful scenery. It's beautifully yeah. shot. Um, there's a few shots of the car. It's a lot more of them inside the car. And then it finally ends. They're on a cliff in what is presumably California. The sun's setting over the Pacific. And they empty the grandfather's ashes into... Uh, into the ocean. Oh, this is weird, though. But then the ashes catch the wind and they blow all over the dude. I, I literally can never see someone uh, spreading ashes over a cliff without thinking that's going to be the end result. Um. <laughs> but I, you know, I think I agree with uh, Carolyn that that's it's uh, it's a little maybe turning the screws a little bit on the feelings. It, you know, it's 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 a little heavy-handed, maybe. But I think it's great, and it it tells the story really clearly in a way that the Volvo ad doesn't. Are we relying on just, like, straight-up death more in 2017? Would you have seen an ad like this? Let's go way back. Mm -hmm. I mean, okay, the 1960s, things were still pretty rudimentary. But by the 1970s, maybe you're getting a little bit more um, kind of narrative, higher production value TV ad, certainly 80s, 90s, etc. I'm just trying to figure out if we are... You and I just paying a lot more attention to commercials, so they're standing out. But I just think that the idea, like, there's, was it Volkswagen that did the dead dog, dog commercial or it's the probably, dying, dying it's probably dog commercial? Subaru. That's probably Subaru. I think that a certain class of automobile, which is like the Subaru, Volvo, Volkswagen, which is sort of like a mid-price, you know, vehicle brand. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they are all in this space. It's kind of interesting. I think Subaru led the way. I would think I say they are the category leader of sentiment. And I think their campaign love is what makes a Subaru is extremely successful. Big time. I agree. And I think everybody's chasing, chasing them on that. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. It would be interesting to see. And and none of them have gone all in. Like I recently saw um, a Volkswagen ad that I didn't like very much uh, that was trying to be more sort of clever and just funny. But Subaru always bets on, if not sad, at least melancholy. Mm-hmm. Like not someone doesn't always die <laughs> in a Subaru. I mean, the the they lived commercial, which is my favorite all time oh, favorite right. Subaru commercial, which is Hall of Fame for me, um, is not sad at all. It's great. Like they all survived. But it puts this. Is that the one where you have the the researcher with the crash test? Dummies, only he's envisioning them as his own family. No, that's a good ad, too. But that's the, a very dark one. That is a dark one. But the one I'm thinking of is uh, there. there's a crushed, crunched up car. Oh, yeah. And the guy, the tow truck guy says to the cop, or the cop says to the tow truck guy they lived. Tow truck guy says to the scrapyard guy they lived. Right. And then um, there might be one more. And then the owner, the father of the family, turns to Cameron and says, we live. Right, yeah. That and was the specter of, the, of that and like what that means for you as a parent, as an owner of a car, is incredibly powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think Subaru is doing an amazing job. It's, I think it's interesting that the, their competitor brands are chasing them on mm-hmm. this. And so clearly that's where where Volkswagen's trying to go. And if I, if you don't mind me giving just one last word on that, the Volkswagen Atlas one we just heard, I mean, it does a good job of, it. yes, it's sentimental, so you have the sentimentality, but it's also, it's about family, mm-hmm. and it's about America, and it's about road trips. And I just think that, that that's like a powerful kind of, uh, kind of one-two punch there. Yep. 
Um, this next one is from listener Alicia, um, who writes, Lady Scientists for the Win. Now, this is a GE ad. And this ad uh, posits what it would be like if we treated scientists, specifically a female scientist named Millie Dresselhouse, who I assume is really a scientist, um, like we treat famous athletes and mm-hmm. rock stars. And I actually really like this. And I, I kind of put this, I kind of paired this with the Volkswagen ad because in a way I found this to be more emotionally powerful than the Volkswagen one, which I, which I like, but I think the Volkswagen one was like, as I said, it was, um, they were really, you could really feel them kind of pushing the buttons. And I think this one does a nice job of having a sense of humor and being, letting it, letting it have an emotional punch without having it be, you're going to feel so sad, yeah, you know? Yeah. Just for the record, I just looked up at Wikipedia. Mildred Dresselhaus um, died just this year, as a matter of fact, at 86. She was born in 1930, and she was known as the Queen of Carbon Science, the first female institute professor and a professor emerita of physics and electrical engineering at MIT. So it's uh, so she's really accomplished. She appears yeah. in this commercial, which is why I assume she was still living. Oops. Dresselhaus Happy birthday, sweetie. Let me let me just kind of explain what's going on here. The, at the very beginning, we see a little girl opening up a doll, like a Barbie doll, only instead of a Barbie doll, it's a, a Millie Dresselhaus doll. And then uh, And Millie Dresselhaus, uh, for the purposes of this commercial, is a she's a little old lady and she's always dressed in a red cardigan sweater a white blouse with a peter pan collar and she has gray hair gray hair and and, uh, and so then we see a quick little cl- all this is moving by very quickly so girl opens the doll then we see a bunch of little kids dressed up like dressel house uh trick-or-treating on uh halloween and now where we leave things right now is she's being um kind of uh applauded as she walks onto the stage of it looks like an international tv talk show of some sort millie dressel house we are so glad to have you here all these, all the babies in the nursery are named Millie. Hmm. What if we treated? She has an emoticon, an emoji. Excuse me. People want to take pictures with her when they see her on the street. Yes, oh, and do you recognize her? No, who is that? That's Abby from uh, uh, Broad City. Oh, really? And she's being, she's made some sort of a viral video. People are watching her on their phone. She's got a Millie Dresselhouse yes, uh, shirt. Oh, she's saying yes, queen, and pointing to Millie. Millie Dresselhouse, the first woman to win the National Medal of Science and Engineering, were as famous as any celebrity. Millie Dresselhouse was seen having lunch today. What if we lived in a world like that? And it says our goal is 20,000 women in science. Women in technical roles by uh, 2020. Um, So something is interesting here. This is posted um, on YouTube by the official GE account. That's clearly her in the ads. I don't think it was made posthumously because that would be weird. I mean, no, it really was her. So it's really her, but it was posted on um, February. 8th, I think I saw somewhere this, I don't know why it disappeared, but this was posted on February 8th. Um, and usually if you're going to reveal or un- unveil an ad like this, you're going to post it pretty quickly. She died February 20th of 2017. 
No, she's very elderly. I mean, yeah, I mean, she just, was very elderly that, in the video. I wonder if this posted and like literally and it killed me. her. Well, I'm not saying that, but that good sorry. job, GE. That's one less woman <laughs> in a technical role. Wow. <laughs> We just end it there. No, all right. What <laughs> I love, you know what, Vives? I love that you went for it. Because <laughs> I'll tell you what, I wouldn't have. Well, I wanted to make one extra, one additional point about. Oh this, yeah, I'm sorry. Which was that um, on the this came from the Facebook group. Uh, thank you, Alicia. And one of our other listeners, Harvey, kind of put a counterpoint in the thread there saying, this is great and everything, but they act like we treat male scientists like that. And I actually disagree, although I think it's nice that they they do their their point is we need to have more women in technical and scientific roles. And I totally agree. And I agree. And I take Harvey's point that it's a little bit of a false equivalency, that it's not with a very few exceptions, your Neil deGrasse Tyson's. Um, Bill Nye and who's the other guy? The the famous. I th- I can think of three very kind of popular, well, pop scientists yeah. right off the top of my head. The yeah, other guy, Carl Sagan's. Although I think he might be dead. Um, who's the physicist who did the 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 expanding universe or whatever? Oh, Stephen Hawking. Um, yeah, I'm thinking of somebody else. But anyway, no. yeah, go ahead though. Sorry. So so yes, I can think of off the top of my head three or four male scientists who are pop scientists. Um, it would be interesting to know, you know, are there women who are trying? I mean, surely there are women who would like to be or have tried to be um, that have that kind of presence and, and for whatever reason don't. But I agree. No one's treating Neil deGrasse Tyson even. And he would be at the very top of that list with the level of acclaim and lauding of that this Millie, Millie uh, Dressel House is treated mm-hmm. in this commercial. It's It's what we reserve for basketball stars and Justin Bieber and whatnot. So you're kind of agreeing with him? Well, I'm agreeing with him that, yes, it's a little bit of a false equivalency, but I think that it's done for the right reasons, which is in service of this idea that we should treat scientists in general and women scientists um, in particular with more, we should laud them more and we should celebrate them more as a culture. And it's not saying that literally we should have scientists be action figures and Halloween costumes. It's, it's an, it's exaggerating for effect. And I think the effect works and in service of a, of a good message. So I, I, I think it's, it's a fair point, but it sort of it sort of misses the point of the commercial. I actually straight up disagree with him because even though, um, it is true we don't treat any scientists like total rock stars off the top of my head without even having to try. And I'm not, I'm not a smart guy, <laughs> honestly. Right You're no now, Millie Dresselhouse. Neil deGrasse Tyson and Bill Nye are huge. You yeah. go on to Netflix right now, one of the first things you That's will true. see without searching for it is this, like, what, Bill Nye Saves the Universe or something like that. He's got this big thing. And people do, I'm sure, come up to Neil deGrasse Tyson and ask for selfies. Oh, my God. You don't think that he's got a doll? I bet you a million bu- I have a doll. I bet a million bucks he's got a bobblehead and a doll. I'll bet you there's a doll of him at Archie McPhee right now. Uh, Brian Brian Green is the guy I was trying to think of before. Maybe not quite on the level of these guys. Back in the 90s or early 2000s, he was big like that. He did the elegant universe. He's a string theorist. That's what I was thinking of. And he but was then, so good in 90210. <laughs> Sagan, like you mentioned. I mean, without even trying, you and I, in 10 seconds, rattled yeah. off five or six male scientists. We didn't even talk about Einstein. Right. You know, and, and Einstein, you go to college and people have fucking Einstein posters. He's an icon. Right. So yeah, we do treat male scientists like And you basically got like, like Marie Curie on the 
for what, representing for the ladies. Right. Yes. And nobody had any posters of her. So sorry to get all like kind of like, uh, uh, probably just need a cigarette. Maybe I'm overreacting here. But yeah, I think there's a huge <laughs> difference. And, and just we just don't have a lot. We've just never treated little girls like you can grow up to be a scientist. I mean, we're trying to rectify that now. I saw somebody I'm just going to keep on my fucking rant and then I'll be quiet. But I saw somebody tweeted. I can't remember who it was. Um, a comedian who I follow, a female comedian who these issues are important to. And she took a photo. She took a bunch of um, little, like little kids clothing in a, like the girl section of a store. I saw a photo of little NASA t-shirts and, but her caption on the photo was, did I just grab a bunch of NASA t-shirts from the boy section and put it in the girl section? Yes, I did. Because mm-hmm. we, we just send different messages. Absolutely. We do. It's important. And it anyway, is important. so yeah. Um, all right. This is from listener Dave. And I, pre- I, I teased earlier that there was a little bit of a coda or a follow up to the uh, Rainier beer. Oh, yeah. Rainier. <laughs> well, um, this is a great this is a great one for you. It, it combines two of your loves um, that Rainier beer commercial and scooters. Scooter no. This is for Rainier Light. <laughs> this is back from 1987, it says. So yes. still kind of and the heyday is, of those commercials. Did I say this is from Listener Dave? Uh, maybe. But instead of, because uh, the original one was like a motorcycle, right? So is this going to... Yes. And so this is light. This is so light. it's a scooter. It's oh, a scooter I love about. it already. And I haven't even seen it. It's a little suburban street. <laughs> That is so. And it's a cute great. little red scooter, and then she, they, the camera pans. She drives past, and the camera pans, and uh, there's the mountain in the background. So it's like a, it's a perfect little echo mirror of the uh, the Rainier beer I motorcycle one. Rainier beer, nicely done, by the way. Like, uh, what a great joke on their own campaign. I'm just seeing all these other suggested Rainier um, ads. We won't play them now. I didn't grow up around here. I didn't know what Rainier beer is. I'm sure that a lot of people listening still don't really know what Rainier is. It's obviously a local brew. But I think that their um, ad campaign was just on fleek in the 80s. Like, Do you know about the running of the Rainier can? I've seen that, yeah. And do you know that who is the um, former U.S. attorney who's running for uh, mayor of Seattle? Jenny Durkin. Jenny Durkin. She actually appeared as one of the running of the beer cans. <gasps> I didn't and know it, that. It was a little, when she officially announced, it was a little blurb in her, in her announcement thing. That's, so, that's, yeah. That's a great nod. Um, this this is our last piece of feedback, and then we can wrap this up. But I wanted to thank uh, listener Lynn Pham, who is a, 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 an architect of sound, a, a, a maestro of sound. I don't even know what the right term is but uh somebody on our facebook page and i apologize i didn't write down the name but somebody liked the clip of me yelling at you about who matthew perry is oh yeah you got so mad i forgot about that uh well you were so oblivious well i'm not gonna yell it again but i will have you play the clip that lynn uh, isolated for us okay Who's oh the my guy? God, how do i how, I do, thought you he was even, the... how do you even live <laughs> i thought he was how the... do you even live i thought he was <laughs> Do you know that Paula Poundstone name checked Lynn yes. by name on the Colbert show? You told not me the that. Colbert show, but the uh, the late show. Is yeah, late you told show? me that. That's pretty great. Oh my God. Anyway, well, thank you for doing that. Thank you for everything you do, Lynn. Yep. All right, kiddo. Um, sorry, I went on so long. I realized I was just going on and on and on about AM commercials. Any uh, goodwill we built up with the audience is probably gone now. We'll get back to some TV commercials next week. What do you say? Let's do it. 
A second. At the beginning of the show, you also mentioned that we might get a free treat or something. Didn't you say that at the top that, of the show? That was the treat, what Lynn made for us. Oh, I thought you were referencing something that I found out right before the show. A wonderful, wonderful listener named Lauren in Florida heard my appeal to someday have a Game Boy with Tetris on it, and she sent, the, she sent us an email saying that she has... A Game Boy that she's willing to uh, to send our way. I wasn't sure if you wanted to publicize that, but yes, thank you, Lauren. With, yes, she's offered to give it to us. I don't want to take it for free because she bought it, I think, off of eBay or something not all that long ago. So I'd like to um, at least do my part in that in that way. But um, I am beside myself with happiness. I just found that out before the show. <laughs> so anyway, thank you uh, both for the gift, I guess. All right, um, let's get out of here. Just a reminder, we have a very, very active Facebook group where you can go on and... Um, Join the fun. Go to After These Messages, or I guess look for After These Messages show on uh, Facebook. And email us at After These Messages show at Gmail and call us at 607-444-5597. Hold on. Can we do that phone number in the um, tone uh, or to the tune of one of the jingles? No, I don't think we can. (laughs) You know what? I don't think we can. So we'll just leave it there for now. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. I don't know. I'm going to get some sleep before next week's show. Talk to you later. And you ain't Hoover. You suck like James Dyson. Google the devil, but I feel lucky. Extreme home makeover. Couldn't touch me.